the closer that you are to your ideal body composition, you will need to prioritize one or the other, either muscle growth or fat loss. Hey fam, and welcome back to the show. I am your host, Megan Hardy, and the founder of Fitness Uncharted, where we teach women how to build muscle, lose body fat, improve their metabolism, and take their health into their own hands, which results in leaving them feeling empowered. I am your host, Megan Hardy, and welcome back, you guys, to another episode of The Muscle Makeover. Um, today, I have candy corn nails. Um, it is Halloween season, spooky season, um, and I have candy corn nails, meaning I have it's like yellow at the bottom, orange, and then white at the tip, um, and I have to say they are super cute, so if you're watching on YouTube, you can check them out. They turned out really great, um, actually way better than I expected, so Anyway, feeling frisky. So today we're going to be talking about how to overcome plateaus and what things can cause a plateau. Okay. This was actually a listener question from Malin Steiff. Um, hopefully I'm pronouncing your name correct, Malin. Um, but this was a listener live question. Again, you guys, if you ever have questions or want me to address anything on the show, uh, feel free to DM me on social media and ask away because I will actually take that to heart and, uh, answer your questions, um, on the podcast. So, um, but with overcoming plateaus, we all hit, we all hit plateaus and have hit plateaus at some point in our fitness journey. Um, I know I have personally, I know my clients do, and I'm sure many of you listening hit those plateaus and it can be for a number of reasons. And there's also a number of tactics that can help you to push through that plateau. And we know it can be super, super frustrating, but one thing I would encourage everyone, if you have hit a plateau, is don't freak out. Don't stress out uh, because you're only going to make matters worse. Just know that the closer that you get to your goals, the harder it becomes, right? Like when you have, you know, 50 plus pounds or 100 plus pounds to lose, it's going to be easier to lose that weight, which some of us are going, uh, well, that's still hard. Like, <laughs> easier said than done, but you'll find that as you actually get closer to your goal, body weight and body composition, it gets harder and harder and harder. And you have to fight for every last pound, every last percent body fat. You know, you have to fight a lot harder because your body is getting to a place where it's actually getting healthier. And it's like, Hey, you know, when you have that last 10 or 15 pounds to lose, your body doesn't care to get rid of that girlfriend. Your, your body does not care that you want abs. Like it does not care that you want to see muscle definition. Like it's just here to help you, you know, survive and be healthy. And it wants to maximize your hormones and your health. Like it's not here for aesthetics. So if you have certain aesthetic goals and you're really close to that goal body composition, you're going to hit plateaus. Like it's going to happen. And, or if you've been dieting for a long time and say you did have a significant amount of weight to lose, but you've been doing the same thing that whole time to lose the weight. And let's say you've already lost 50 pounds. And then all of a sudden you hit a plateau and you still have, you know, 30, 40 pounds to lose. But you're like, oh my gosh, why is it not working? Well, we're going to address some of the reasons why in this episode today as well. Um, so there are, there's a number of reasons. Um, and the couple being, we'll kind of address on the workout front and then on the nutrition front, why, um, what can cause a plateau. 
on the workout front, it could be just a list of things. I'll, I'll list them off for you guys, but, um, it could be stagnant workouts. So you're not really pushing yourself in your workouts. Like the intensity is not really there. Like you're showing up and checking off the box, but you don't really know what intensity even means. You don't like, you just think, cause you're sweating really hard that you're getting a good workout. Like what is that? What does a good workout really look like? So stagnant workouts, not using progressive overload, which we'll talk more about. Um, and then going in without a plan or just winging it with your workouts. Um, if you are doing those things, then it's no surprise that your workouts aren't getting you much bang for your buck. Um, so that's a lot, a lot of times I see or hear from women who I'm talking with, you know, they're, they're just going in and they're winging it. And then they're wondering why they're not seeing the results because they're working out four or five times a week, but like they don't actually have a structured plan. And that, goes hand in hand with progressive overload. And again, we'll talk more about that. So there's just some reasons like on the workout front that you might be hitting plateaus. Also on the workout front, you might be over-exercising too. Um, I do find a lot of times women will use, and men, but will use cardio as a tool to lose weight. And it works at first, but then their bodies actually become more efficient at the exercise. So an exercise that you're doing a lot of excessively, whether that's running or cycling or whatever, um, if you're doing it excessively, then your body actually adapts and becomes more efficient at it, which means you burn less calories doing it. So this is where switching up your workout routine can sometimes actually be strategic if done the right way, because someone who is a rower, if they go to do a, a run, even though they do rowing, uh, often, right. They're going to burn more calories than someone who's used to running, uh, than the runner person. And then vice versa, the runner, when they go to do, you know, a rowing about a rowing or a class or whatever, they're going to burn more calories than the rower. Who's always rowing because your body literally adapts and gets used to doing those forms of exercise. So that's where I find a lot of people with cardio, will excessively, they, they just tack more on. It's like, okay, well, I was running, you know, five miles a day, five days a week. Now I'll just run five miles a day, six or seven days a week. And it's like, your body's just going to continuously adapt you guys. And so you're going to have to work harder and harder and harder to just even maintain, not even make progress, but just to maintain, um, because your body is adapting and becoming more efficient, which we do not want in this case. Um, back in the day, it used to be a really good thing, um, for your body to be efficient, um, and AKA burn less calories because, you know, it was harder to find food for our modern, you know, for hunter gatherers, like it was good for them to be efficient and not burn in as many calories because they had a harder time getting food. Nowadays, it's not a, a pro a bonus to be efficient at, you know, uh, exercise or not burning as many calories because we have so much food in abundance. So we don't want that. Um, so that's on the workout side on the nutrition side, under eating or dieting too long. This is like the most common thing I see. Um, that's a huge reason people hit plateaus is they are under eating or dieting too long keeping your calories the same all the time. Um, this is why I am not a fan of set it and forget it type meal plans or macros. This is also why I don't give people templated meal plans or macros. Um, I do help my clients with a kind of a sample meal plan of how they can help hit their nutrition targets. And I give them suggestions and help them work through that. But I'm not a huge fan of like, Hey, here's your, here's your macro or meal plan of, you know, 1800 calories with this, this much fat, this much carb, this much protein, 
here you go. Enjoy. First of all, what I find is no one freaking sticks to it because people really just need the accountability and it gets boring. Like I don't want to eat chicken and rice and broccoli like as a meal plan for the rest of my life. I want to be able to incorporate fun foods or go to the state fair like I did yesterday or like, you know, do these things and still know I can hit my nutrition goals and not have to abide by a strict meal plan. But then also as you are progressing through your fitness journey, your nutrition needs will change as you're going through different phases of your protocol, your nutrition, your calories, you know, your macros, those kind of things should, should fluctuate. So if you're just abiding by one, you know, 1500 calorie meal plan, you're going to hit plateaus. So that's another really big one. Um, and then also just not fueling properly for muscle growth. Um, that's another big thing. If you're someone who is leaner and you're trying, you're doing all the right things with your workouts, but you are not uh, eating enough or you're not eating enough protein and carbs, like you're not fueling properly for muscle growth. Um, and of course there's also, so that's kind of on the nutrition side of things. A lot of the most common with you'll say mistakes, but really common reasons. Um, I see people hit plateaus. Um, and then of course there are the one-offs that can contribute as well to plateaus, like things like thyroid issues or like other health conditions. But I will say you guys, even those special cases can benefit from the tips that I'm going to share for overcoming a plateau. Okay. So if you are someone who has hypothyroidism or some other health condition, a lot of my clients do, you know, or, you know, something else, even like our PCOS clients and insulin resistance, things like that. Just know that, yes, you might have an extra layer of complexity to work with, but the things I'm going to list out and talk about today apply to you too. Um, that's where always my encouragement is always focus on what you can control, not what you can't control. And if we focus on these things we can control, they will help. Um, even if you are diagnosed with some other health condition that can make your, you know, fat loss goals, things like that more challenging. Uh, so let's talk about what to do, what you can do to overcome a plateau. Hey guys, I hope you're getting so much value out of the show. If you are loving it, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. So you get notified when future episodes are released. And if you would take the next 30 seconds to leave a review, that would mean the world to me. And you can literally do it right now while you're listening to the show. Okay. Now let's get back to it. So for on the workout side of things, we'll address that first. First and foremost, you can have a workout program or plan. So stop changing up your workout routine all the time. Okay. If you're going in with different random, you know, Pinterest workouts or rotating between cycling and hit and strength training and kickboxing and, you know, like Zumba and all the things it's, it's no wonder you're not seeing results. And that's not to say that you can't incorporate different styles of workouts, but if your goal is along the lines of, you know, toning up or looking leaner, losing body fat, seeing more muscle definition, then you will want to incorporate specific strength training programming, targeting specific muscles. Like you have to go in with a plan. Um, and that's where, again, like if you are someone who loves to run, I have a lot of clients who like, who actually enjoy running. I think y'all are crazy. I love you, but I think you're crazy. Um, cause that's not me, but if you love it, I say always incorporate those things things because that's, what's going to make it sustainable. If you love it though, so if your goal is, if you have an aesthetic goal, um, then let's talk about what's going to be the most strategic there. Right. Um, or like if you're a kickboxing girl, like awesome, incorporate that, you know, once or twice a week, if you love it. And if you love the community or CrossFit or whatever, but like, let's talk about, you know, what's going to 
benefit your body the most. And that is going to be a structured, uh, strength training program targeting specific muscle groups. And that leads me to point number two, which is to have your staple exercises and use progressive overload. So a lot of times, you know, we see people on Instagram or social media or TikTok, whatever, doing all these like crazy exercises. And there's like, oh, this one's going to target the glutes or like, this is really how you grow your glutes or whatever. And y'all things like squats, uh, you know, glute bridges, uh, deadlifts, those, some of those staple exercises, girl, that's, what's going to grow your glutes like right there and using progressive overload. So yes, there are other accessory exercises that can help too. Um, I love accessory exercises, throwing them in with some of those compound lifts, um, because it is fun and like to change things up, but oftentimes Um, People will go in just doing random exercises or something they randomly saw on Pinterest and they do it once and they're done. Well, you're not going to get the, the muscle hypertrophy and growth like you would if you had a structured plan and are using progressive overload, which just means, and I won't go into super detail on that because I think a lot of you listening know what that is. There is also a prior episode all about progressive overload and the different forms of progressive overload. So go check that out if you haven't heard it, but that's where you're increasing, you know, uh, volume or, you know, reps or sets or weight over time so that you're continually challenging the muscle and you're not staying stagnant. So if you're, uh, kind of thinking back over your workouts right now and you're like, Hmm, I don't know if I've really been pushing it here or there, or I've gotten kind of comfortable with the weight. Well, that might be one reason you've hit a plateau. So really start to push yourself. And also guys, our mind is usually the thing that stops us first. I will say like, even for myself, there's weight that I am like, well, this is really hard. I know I'm like breathing hard. I'm sweating. My muscles are tired, but really it's my mind that stops me. And I'm like, and if I really actually push myself, even just an extra two and a half pounds or something like that, I'm like, dang, I can do more weight. And I didn't realize it because I just let myself kind of assume the prior weight was my max weight. Um, and then I find I'm like, Oh shoot, I could actually do more weight. I was totally lollygagging that whole time. So push yourself. And that's where, you know, having a coach or having someone who knows how to push you in that way too, can be really helpful. I'll say even my husband has been someone who has pushed me. He's like, you got this, you can do more weight. Like, you know, stop sandbagging is what he'll tell me. Um, so you know, having someone to push you can be really helpful there too, but you can also push yourself. And then on the nutrition side of things, um, this is the, the more key or bigger area, I would say like workout can be, um, a key area. If you're doing everything right, nutritionally, that's definitely a component. But what I find is the majority of women and people I talk with are probably hitting plateaus because of some nutritional reason. Um, so first and foremost, Um, let's talk about what you can do on the nutrition side that will help get you out of a plateau. First, if you're under eating, you may need to eat more food or reverse diet. Um, most of our clients come to us under eating. I would say probably 95% come to us under eating. Honestly, when we get someone who's eating at their maintenance calories or in a surplus, then we're like, ah, praise the Lord. This is, this is going to be easy. That's going to be a cakewalk because, um, so many women have come, you know, dieting for years, under eating for years and their metabolism is jacked up. So 
Um, if you're not sure if you're under eating, but you've hit a plateau, then start tracking your food for even a week and see how much food you're consuming. And you might be surprised to find that you're only eating like 1300 or 1500 calories. Like you might think you're eating more than that. And then come to find out once you've tracked, you're like, dag, how am I only eating? You know, some women I talk with, they're eating like 900 calories and they're not hungry. And that's a really bad sign that your metabolism has downregulated and your body is now conserving energy in the form of burning less calories. And you don't have normal, normal hunger signals and hunger hormones. So that's not a good thing. So, you know, what you want to do if you find yourself in that situation after tracking your food is you, you would be someone who would want to reverse diet. So, and to briefly describe what a reverse diet is, that's a slow increase in calories. So let's say you are the person eating 1300 calories, but your maintenance calories are actually 2300 calories. That's how much you should be able to eat to maintain your weight. And you're not losing weight only eating 1300 calories. Well, girl, that's a plateau. And that's something we need to, to get you out of. Okay. So like either you can decrease calories more, which is not going to be healthy, or you can increase calories and get yourself back to maintenance. And so what you'd want to do is maybe increase calories by 50 to hundred calories every week or every other week. Um, or you could go even slower than that, but the slower you go, the less likely you're going to gain weight and body fat during that process. If for instance, let's say you jumped from 1300 calories all the way up to 2300 calories, the likelihood of you putting on a lot of excessive weight and body fat is high because your metabolism is not ready for that many more calories. So what, what I always recommend and have our clients do is a slow increase. And then we're gauging things like their body's biofeedback. How are they sleeping? How are their energy levels? Like how are their bowel movements? Like I will find some clients lose initial weight because they're actually having daily bowel movements and they're less bloated and like they feel amazing. Their energy is back, like all these great things. Their libido is back, like all of these really amazing things because they're actually giving their body more food and more fuel. So if that's you, you might need to reverse diet. That's the first thing that would help get you out of that plateau. Of course, as you are increasing calories, you guys, it's super important that you keep protein high and then quality whole foods. So if you are increasing calories by having, you know, burgers and fries every day, you're not going to put on the right kind of weight, or you're not going to be able to maintain your weight during that process. But if you are choosing nutrient dense, whole foods, complex carbs, healthy fats, lean protein sources, that's the way you want to go. And the goal during that reverse is to maintain, you might have a little bit of like a five pound fluctuation. Um, I find some clients will inc or will put on maybe about five pounds, but that's probably more so water weight during that process because they've increased calories and increased carbs. Um, or they maintain weight, which is amazing. And then they start to see like even their waist inches at their waist are trimming up, like their clothes are fitting better, all these amazing things, even though they're increasing calories. And even though their weight is staying the same, they're noticing all these other improvements. And then some women actually lose weight as they're increasing calories, which is amazing, right? Like we all wish we could be that person. I've had a client lose like 15 pounds as we increased her up to her maintenance calories, which was epic. So anyway, that's possible too, but I will say just maintaining roughly within a five, you know, five to seven pound range would be like a great goal, um, as you are reverse dieting. And then number two, um, if you're dieting 
or in a calorie deficit, then you may need to incorporate diet breaks, quote unquote, diet breaks or maintenance phases. That's really one and the same thing just depends on what you want to call it. So what a diet break is, or a maintenance phase would be a period of time that you take yourself out of the calorie deficit. So let's say again, you're the person who let's say you're, you're uh, maintenance calories are 2,300. Okay. So let's say you have yourself down in a deficit of 500 calories. So let's say you're at 1800 calories, um, which is a good, a good deficit, right? That's 500 calories a day. That's 3,500 calories a week. That would be a pound, about a pound of weight loss a week. So let's say you're at 1800 calories and you've been there for, let's say six or eight weeks or something like that. Right. And you, let's say you're really close to your goal body weight. Um, so it's, it's getting harder and harder to lose more of that weight. What can be really helpful is to take a couple of weeks to have a quote unquote diet break or quote unquote maintenance phase, which just means you have a few weeks of intentionally putting your calories back up at your maintenance calories to give your body a diet break and to restore your hormones and your metabolism. So this is where this can be really, really helpful. I've had clients who have hit plateaus and we put them back at their maintenance calories for a week or two, and then we pull them back into a calorie deficit and they start losing weight again. It's like magic. So if you find yourself in a plateau, give that a try. Um, if you were, let's say you're in a calorie deficit and you've been there for, you know, six or seven weeks and you kind of have hit a plateau and you've been really diligent, like no cheating over here, but you've been really diligent then try a week or two maintenance break or maintenance phase and then try the calorie deficit again and see how your body responds. So that's always an option. Another thing that goes hand in hand with that are incorporating refeed days. So a refeed day is, you know, just basically like one or two days a week at higher calories or your, your maintenance calories. So this is where you're being intentional about increasing your calories one or two days out of the week. And then the other five or six days of the week, you are eating in a calorie deficit. This, I, a lot of people often you know, use interchangeably or sometimes do in the fitness world of like a cheat day. You could kind of look at it the same way. I really can't stand the term cheat day um, because one, I think that's just like, it's a negative uh, thought for me of like, you're not cheating if you are allowing yourself fun foods and you've planned for it. Like, that's not a cheat. Like I'm not cheating on myself or anyone else. If I'm enjoying fun food one day or, you know, eating higher calorie, like I'm not cheating. So I think our words need to be intentional, but also what I find is when people have quote unquote cheat days, they oftentimes go way off the rails and then their cheat day turns into, you know, or let's say they have a cheat meal. Now their cheat meal all of a sudden turns into a cheat day, which all of a sudden turns into a cheat weekend. And now like their progress is like just shot for the week, right? Like now they're just lucky to maintain. So instead I always share with my clients like, Hey, with your refeed days, we're bringing your calories back up to your maintenance calories for this day but your goal is still to eat 80 to 90% whole foods and nutrient dense foods. You can still have the 10 to 20% fun foods. Like you could still have the cookie or something that day, but the majority of your foods, it should be nutrient dense foods. So it's not a cheat day. It's just one day at higher calories, one or two days. And the leaner that you are. So if you are if you have less body fat and you are leaner, the more refeed days you might need. So I have some clients, especially, especially if you're doing high intensity exercise or things like that, or competing or whatever, if you're trying to be in a cut 
uh, then you are going to want more refeed days and your body is going to need that and thrive from that. And for me personally, with where I'm at, I'm really just like in more of a maintenance phase. Like I'm just trying to maintain my current body composition and weight. Like, and what I find even for myself is I have, I naturally will have days that are a little bit higher calorie, um, which can actually help my long-term goals of building more muscle mass. Um, and they can kind of act as refeed days for me. Um, but I'm not personally tracking my food right now. I'm intuitively eating, but like for instance, yesterday, <laughs> With the state fair, I know I had a higher calorie day. Granted, it was not from nutrient-dense whole foods. It was from funnel cakes and fried Oreos and uh, McDonald's and all other kind of crap. But, you know, it can also, I can use that that food and fuel and put it to good use at the same time of building muscle. So refeed days are another option. Um, If you are someone who has hit a plateau or you're finding it hard to stay in a calorie deficit, the other nice thing about a refeed is it's helpful psychologically. So like if you are in a calorie deficit and I have a lot of uh, type A ladies um, as clients, I love you guys. um, And you're like super strict about that. And then like, but then you're going out with your husband Saturday night, you know, and it's like date night and you feel like you don't have many calories to spare. Well, a refeed day strategically on Saturday so you can go out to date night and have fun would be great, right? And that's where, again, I I always, you know, coach them through not going off the rails and they do a great job of just like eating well all day, having that higher calorie uh, budget for for the day and then having, you know, a glass or two of wine and dinner with their husband and it's fantastic. Um, And it's a real, it's really great psychologically too versus feeling like you always have to be strict low calorie. Um, so that, that's another one. Um, and then last but not least, if you're close to your goal body weight, um, and are trying to put on muscle, then you need to fuel your body for building muscle and need to eat at maintenance or even a small surplus. So this is where I'm talking to the ladies out there who have like maybe just like five pounds of body fat they're trying to get off, right? Um, but for the most part, they don't even care about the scale number, which love you guys. I hate I hate the scale. I don't think it's a very important metric sometimes. Um, but, you know, for you, you need to eat at your maintenance calories or maybe even in a small surplus, even if that's, you know, two or 300 calories over your maintenance. If your goal is to see more muscle and have more muscle definition, you need to be supporting your body to grow the muscle. So if you're living in a chronic calorie deficit, your body is not going to be growing muscle when you have so little on your frame. Um, you know, that's where, you know, if you have a good amount of weight to lose. So if you're on the the other end of the spectrum and you have a decent amount of weight to lose, you may be able to lose body fat and build muscle at the same time. This is like the like beautiful, like ideal situation where you're able to do both. And I do have clients who are able to do both because they have their body has enough body fat that it can release that body fat and build muscle. But the closer that you are to your ideal body composition, you will need to prioritize one or the other, either muscle growth or fat loss. If you were trying to do both at the same time, which I find is a lot of women out there who are already leaner, they're like, yeah, I want to see more muscle, but I don't want to get bulky or I don't want to put on weight or I, you know, but I also want to lose body fat. Well, sister, that's probably why you're in the plateau because you, you you can't really do both at the same time with where you're at. You need to put on the muscle, build the muscle up, and then 
pull off that outer layer of body fat. You're going to be way more successful. And then you're going to be able to see that beautiful lean muscle definition underneath. And I always recommend focusing on muscle growth first, because what happens when you lose weight is your BMR or your basal metabolic rate, also often referred to as like your resting metabolic rate, naturally decreases as you burn less calories. So, but if you can put on more muscle mass first, then you will give your metabolism a boost and you can just focus on maintaining the muscle during your next fat loss phase instead of trying to build when your body is more depleted. So it's going to be easier when you have a little bit more body fat to put on that muscle mass versus if you're starting from a depleted place. And then also if you start out with more muscle on your frame, then it's going to make your fat loss efforts that much easier because you're burning more like muscle burns more calories at rest. So the more muscle you have on your frame, the higher your metabolism, the more you're going to burn and you're going to be able to maintain your results that much easier. So let's say you don't start out with much, much muscle. You're not focused on muscle at all. You're just focused on weight loss and fat loss. You just want to get the weight off and you lose the weight. Well, now without the muscle, it's going to be harder to maintain that weight loss because like, especially calorie wise, like you're not going to be able to eat as much. Your BMR, your basal metabolic rate is lower. So you're you're going to have to stay at that lower calorie, but if you can put on more muscle or have more muscle in your frame, it allows you some more wiggle room with your nutrition and with your eating. Um, so that's the beautiful part of having that muscle on your frame. So I think we covered everything today. I hope that was helpful. Um, and that's what we want. You guys is, you know, we want to be able to push through these plateaus and not stress over them. Um, so those are the most common reasons that I see people hitting plateaus and often it can be resolved by doing the one thing that women are scared to do, which is eating more food and not dieting all the freaking time. We cannot be dieting all the time. You're going to hit plateaus and you're going to stay stuck. So if you have more specific questions, everyone is so different and everyone's start point where you're at and your dieting history is so very different. If you have specific questions to you, feel free to message me on social media. My handles are in the show notes, so feel free to hit me up there. And if you would like to apply for our one-on-one fitness and nutrition coaching, that link is in the show notes as well. So plateaus happen, you guys. They happen to all of us. So don't freak out. Take a deep breath and know that you can and you will push through the plateau. Okay? As always, thanks for coming, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the muscle makeover. I hope you're getting so much value out of it. If you enjoyed the show, please rate review and share this podcast so we can reach more people and impact more lives. Also take a screenshot of this episode, upload it to your stories and tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have a question or comment about the show, feel free to message me. My social media handles are in the show notes. Make it an amazing day, you guys. And remember, you are loved and you are worthy just as you are.